Welcome back to Performer Talks. I'm your host, Bethany Ullman, and today I'm delighted to be joined by Sean Williams. Sean is a creative and I absolutely adore him. I think he's got such an inspiring story and he's always got something to give. So thank you so much for taking the time to come on our show. Oh, look at you being all nice to me in the intro and everything. Oh, <laughs> my pleasure. You make it sound like I'm horrible to you the rest of the time. She is, ladies and gentlemen. Bethany is not nice to me. She bullies me on the quad. No, I'm joking. She doesn't really. No, it's, it's nice. It's nice when you hear people speak of you in nice ways. Can you imagine if you're like, listen to this overrated, horrible individual <laughs> who taught me for three years? <laughs> oh, because you imagine that'd be awful. Um, it would be. Yeah. So, Sean, do you want to tell a little bit for all the listeners at home? Just tell them a little bit about who you are and what you get up to. Um, so I am a musician. I'm also a teacher. Um, I've been involved with music um, at a high level um, since I was nine, um, and and that was involved with doing stuff for TV, going into the West End, then kind of touring in like Japan and that. Asia side with the National Youth Music Theatre, then moving into mainstream music with Sony, moving to America, coming home, starting my teaching career, going back into a deal with Warner, heading back out, then going into like elite level um, industry stuff, um, being part of um, Craig's band, um, and then obviously starting my own media company with my partner Lucas Jones. And he's heavily in TV, so he's done like a lot of stuff um, in film. And actually, he's just in Gatsby in the West End now. I was speaking to him earlier today. And then we've been writing TV shows and stuff. So I frequent the whole of the entertainment and the arts industry, really. Um, I do it all. But I love teaching, um, as you know. And um, I teach from a slightly different angle and perspective um, than a lot of my colleagues. Um, and I don't mean this in the way it's going to sound. But it'll sound the way it sounds. Um, because of the work I've been able to do, and I still do, the industry changes. So it's important for me and with students that I have to be able to show them the, the present and the momentary changes that happen and how you adapt within the situation. Not giving you advice based on something that happened maybe five years ago, three years ago, 10 years ago. is me going, no, 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 next week I'm gonna go and do X. So when you're now moving and trying to go here or there, this is what you need to do. And I think the, the newer generation of performer, they understand visual representation a lot more than just being like, you need to do this and do that. They're like, yeah, great. Absolutely. So. Yeah, definitely. And I think for anyone who doesn't know Sean, Sean was my teacher for three years. And the way... 
This is like a mini rave. Um, but yeah, the way he taught was so different from anyone or anything else that I'd experienced. And it was just very real. It was very authentic. There was nothing to hide. Everything was laid out on the table. And he's so incredibly humble as well. Like when he talks about Craig's band, he means Craig David. Like he doesn't say all these things like they're huge deals. He's just so humble, but he teaches in a way that's still relatable. No, you're making me feel all thingy, man. I'm like, oh, <laughs> no, but it's it's, it's true. It's true, and I want the reason I've brought you on is because I want people to understand why I've brought you on and take something from from you from this episode, and also going forward in the future with getting in touch with you for lessons and things because it's so worth it. So you've obviously toured with the likes of Craig David, and I would love for you to tell the listeners at home how that came about because this is a great story. Okay, cool. So in order for me to tell you about the story of how it came about, I need you to understand the the dynamics and dimensions in your personal environment and life that will often present themselves in moments you can't recognize that will then become the launch pad for exactly where you want to go to. Okay? I need you to understand that before I go into this story. So I'm going to say that one more time. You sometimes need to understand that the dimensions in your everyday will sometimes be disguised in something that seems normal that will push you to a supernatural place that you think, oh my gosh, it's almost like traveling in time. Being like, I'm going to get to where I want to be in 20 years in a week. So I am just got off a plane from Geneva um, and I play in a, um, a, mu- a musical group called Trionic, which is basically made up of two friend- three friends of mine that are in the band of Jamiroquai. So Derek McKenzie, Rob Harris, and Paul Turner. So we were doing a gig for L'Oreal in Geneva. Um, and Oh, and I sing, basically, just in case anybody thought, what is he doing for them then? I don't carry the bags like I do a bit of singing. <laughs> so um, we were doing a gig in Geneva for L'Oreal. Derek couldn't come. So we had Paloma Face drummer Gareth Brown come and play. Now, Gareth's played for Rihanna, uh, Blue. He's, oh, Gareth's played for everybody. He plays for everybody. Amazing. So we get back from Heathrow, uh, or back into Heathrow, and we're sitting on the Piccadilly line, um, and he is heading to... Where was he heading to? Uh, I can't think of the place. It's on the... He'd have to change it. King's Cross going normal. Somewhere in North London. Anyway, he goes to me, and we're sitting on the Piccadilly line, and I just want to get to King's Cross and get on the train and get home. So I'm like, yeah, wicked. Time to go home. Um, and I don't like London like that, as you know, Bethany. So I'm like, okay, cool. Gareth's like, Sean, you'll never guess what. I'm like, what, Gene? I just got an email to say I got the Craig David gig. I was like, shut up. I was like, I didn't even know that anything was going on. I said, yeah, you know, he's about to go on tour. And uh, I know the MD and I I went and did the audition. And I was just like, that's amazing. Um, And I was more so happy for Gareth because... Um, as well as being an amazing musician, as you know in our industry, Bethany, sometimes um, you have really busy moments and really quiet moments. And sometimes it's good to have that balance that will just keep everything nice and stable. Do you know what I mean? And he's uber successful, but he's always had a passion for cooking. So he had just started up his food business and obviously doing this major gig was going to provide exposure and resources and everything for his business. So I was just happy on the basis that someone... I knew had stepped into a great moment. So imagine I'm there getting happy with him. And then he turns to me and goes, if they need anybody else, I'll put your name forward. I'm like, gee, 
Wicked. You know what? I'm just happy that you got the gig. Like, get me some tickets so I can come and see the show. Yeah, man, cool. Now, that's the second week in November. Fast forward a month, and I'm now approaching the second week in December, which is my birthday. And I have a very real conversation within going up. And I'm like, listen, I've been doing music for a little while now. And I'm at an age where it's not fun for it to be a hobby and for me not to be where I need to be. So you've got till the rest of this year to show me some form of sign that I'm exactly where I need to be. I was working for one of my first mentors, um, great guy called Kevin Adams in Harlow. And I remember saying to Kevin, um, the week before we closed for Christmas, I said, Uncle Kev, I'm not going to be coming back in the new year. I just feel like I, I, I just have to do something different and I'm not giving the best of myself. And he was amazing. He was just like, you know what? You've been amazing. Stay in touch, obviously. And if anything, you know, changes and you want to fit, you want to teach, whatever else, come back wicked. Now, let's get to December the 20th. So the clock is ticking, Bethany. There's 11 days for my whole life in creativity, arts, music to be saved. I'm at the gym. I am doing a workout because my girl, we're going to go into town and we're going to hang out, have a bit of lunch. My phone goes. I get a WhatsApp call and it says it's from Ghana. I'm like, I haven't got any, like, I'm West Indian, I'm Caribbean. So my family always makes, I'm like, I haven't got any family or friends in Ghana. Like, I'm not answering this. Keep on. Ring, 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 ring. And you ever had one of those moments where something's like, pick the phone up. So I pick the phone up and I'm being quiet, but it's like, hello. And then the person over says, hi, is this Sean Williams? And I'm like, yeah. He's like, hi, my name is Kwame Yaboa. I'm Craig David's MD. I'm like, hey, Kwame, uh, how are you? He's like, yeah, I'm good. He, goes, he said, listen, I've heard about you. Um, we're looking for some, a male singer. Can you send me something in? I'm like, yeah, I'll do it this evening. He's like, no, 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 no. I have a Skype meeting with management in two hours. I need you to send me something now. I was like, Kwame, I'm at the gym. Okay, cool. How long will it take you to, to get and do something? I'm like, an hour? He's like, okay, cool. I'm going to send you a list of songs. Pick one, sing it, send me the, the video. I call my girl. I tell her roughly what's happening. She's like, okay, cool. So she decides she's going to go into town and do her nails. At this point, I had keys to Body Works. So thank God for Teresa and the family that trusted me enough to allow me to kind of have keys and to be going in and for Quentin. No lie. I went into Studio 3, I picked the song I wanted to do, and I went to sing it, like, just in the mirror. So you know what Studio 3 is like, so you know I usually put the piano in the middle. I go to sing it, and I look at myself and I'm like, this is so cheesy. And I thought, okay, tell you what, I'm going to do this the same way I'd do it if I was teaching class. I put my phone in the corner of the piano, I played, sang the song, Bethany, I swear to you, I sent Kwame the video. 15 minutes later, I get a message going, I love it. Craig loves it. We'll see you, at, we'll see you on the tour in the new year. That's insane. Insane. I swear to you. And do you know what the, the real big thing is? The reason why I told you, I said that thing at the beginning, I understand dimension, dynamic, 
and opportunities coming in disguise. Yeah. I believe, of course, you have to have talent, you have to have ability, yes. But it was sharing in someone else's success sincerely that opened the door for me to have some of myself. And can you believe in 29 years of life at that point, I had been working towards wanting to perform at Wembley, the O2, Glastonbury, V Festival, all these great places. And the minute I stopped caring about stuff, I did all of that in the space of three weeks. Are you, are you, and I know this is a bit, yeah. Like, I mean, it just never, you just never know who or what it's going to be. So you've just got to accept everything and be kind to everyone and just genuine, be so genuine in people's happiness, in caring for other people, in empathy, in respect, just be genuine and you just never know what's going to come of it. And that's why I teach from the mental dimension more than anything. Do you understand? Because I, I have a I have a saying that repetition creates habit. Habit shapes mentality. Mentality determines character. You see, your gift will get you in the room and in the position. Who you are will determine whether or not you stay there. Absolutely. I love that. Wow. Yeah, that's amazing. But that's how I got into Craig's band. And he was, he's been amazing ever since, like seriously. And he just had another number one um, with KSI. So when we go on tour next year, which you are more than happy, I mean, welcome to come and hang out at a show. Like, I can't wait. I can't wait. That's why I just, I feel like this moment of quiet and lockdown is so important for me to just invest and give. Because, you know, there's very, when we get busy in our industry, there's, it's very rare that we have moments and time to just be able to, you know, just, just mutual exchange. So, yeah. Thank you yeah. so much. That'd be amazing. I'm so excited for you. That's incredible. Oh, bless you. Oh, no, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to it, you know? Yeah. So what's life on tour like? So you're going into another tour again. What is your day-to-day schedule? And how does that, like, how do you cope with the physical, mental, and emotional demands? Because that's a very demanding thing being on tour. For sure. Um, well, I was very, I was very blessed in that the, when I joined Crate, when I joined the band, that there was half of us were the original setup for him. So you're looking at our MD, who's been with him since the first records. That's twenty years. Um, and then you've got what I would call um, our most senior band member after the MD, um, who he actually wrote half of the second record with Craig. Um, and he's an amazing performer and artist and producer in his own right. And he's been with Craig for a decade in the band, as well as known him beforehand. And then you've got Marcus, um, who's kind of came in midway through that point. And then the newbies, it's me, um, my vocal partner, you see me stand next to Laura Vassili, a great singer, and the drummer, Smiley. So it's a really cool balance because you've got guys that have been there and done it, and they're a little calmer. And then obviously that first tour, um, for me, it, it, it was crazy because I was just like, ah! <laughs> I can imagine. Yeah, 
can't do. And then you get halfway through and you're like, all right, cool, let me calm down a little bit. Like, let me just be easy. And now I'm very, yeah, I'm very regimented. Like, I go to bed, I'm so boring, honestly. <laughs> I go to bed, um, like, hey, cool, so let me give you a whole day. I'll wake up, go to the gym. It's a couple of us, we like to go to the gym. Go to the gym, eat breakfast, go chill for a little minute, sound check, rest eat dinner, then we'll begin our pre-show prep and then we'll get to an hour before, have a quick band meeting. And at that point, everybody kind of breaks off and starts to kind of do what they do with their preparations and stuff and get themselves in the zone. Then we'll go do the show. Um, and then um, I like to just have a little, what I call decompression time. So after we come out, we'll have like some band time together quickly in the dressing room tour. Everybody's vibed up, as you know, like after the show. Um, and then I like to sometimes just go back to the hotel. So sometimes we may have a reception or someone will be putting something on for us, but I always just like to go back to the hotel. Um, and a lot of the time I'll plug back into my family because the greatest way to bring yourself back down and find equilibrium, I'll talk to my mom, I'll talk to my dad especially, I'll talk to my girl, and they're, they're telling me about what's going on in their day, which is so far removed from 10, 15, 20,000 people going mental when you're hearing about, well, I didn't like what someone said did at work today. I'm like, oh, mom, don't worry about it. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, and then, obviously, I I'll never go out-out if we have a gig the next day or if we're travelling the next day. I, I'm, I'm quite calm. So if we have a day off, okay, cool, I'll, I'll go and have, like, a drink or two. Um, but I realise that if you want it, as a career, you can't um, abuse the lifestyle. And, and and the truth is, I'm there to work first. Everything else is secondary. I love that because there's so many times that, you know, we see other performers and they've got the most amazing jobs. And some of them often go out on a work night and come in and do two shows on a hangover. And it's... To me, especially, who quite a lot of the time would love some of the opportunities as a fresh... I mean, I've only been in the year, in the industry a year. And in that yeah. time, there's been like a seven-month lockdown. So there's jobs like that that, you know, so many people out there. There's like 10,000 or more people that would kill for that job. So it's really um, refreshing and lovely to hear that so many people, when they're in that position... They're grateful and they still there to commit to the work and don't abuse opportunities like that. I call it coping and overcoming. Some people go out and do things because sometimes they don't know how to take the pressure out. Yeah. And um, sometimes the, the adrenaline of the show becomes so addictive that they need the other side to keep it going for that a little bit longer. And I think the reason why you and others that have the same mindset, you're looking at it in a better way because you're planning for the position you're working towards. So when you go in there, you don't go in there just like, oh my gosh, oh my... And that will happen to a certain extent because you're like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. But you will also understand the self-discipline needed. And that's the, that's the biggest thing that I really deal with with performance is that don't talk to me about where you want to get to and where you the level you think you should be working at if I know your foundation is faulty. Your discipline 
is the foundation by which your artistic talent and career path is built upon. If you have none, it'll only take the right set of circumstances to undermine everything you work for. And for a lot of us, that started at four, five, six. Makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. That's fantastic. So in your mind, did you have a clear cut plan for your career at like this age I want to do this by this age I want to do that and did you kind of know what jobs you wanted and were reaching for it we've kind of just touched on this but like or did you just remain focused on who you were and keep just keep going for as much as you can oh yeah I'm like I'm like everybody in our industry I was just like yeah by 21 I'm gonna have a couple mil by 25 <laughs> I would have done that album and and I would maybe say it was a year after getting the the the, the joining Craig's band that in that first year everything I thought oh my gosh I don't even want to say went up in smoke it just evaporated like steam out of the kettle gone Bev and I was just like okay cool so I don't know anything <laughs> <laughs> no 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 because let me ask you a question. In our industry, do people tell you that your career is starting at 30 or ending at 30? Ending. If all you the time. Got there, it's ending, right? Mm-hmm. So then how in the blue did I find the top of the pyramid at the end of the road? Yeah. Huh. <laughs> it's a myth, Beth. I'm telling you, it's a myth. I'm not trying to say that time isn't a guardian of opportunity it is there are limits and and windows of time that you need to do things but if you are within and you're working and you're doing the right things dude it can pop off at any time yeah it can pop off anytime it's like that kettle that whistles when it's ready (laughs) listen don't be too far away because when the whistle happens you're gonna need to go tend to that kettle Yeah, and that's sometimes what will feel like. Sorry, I just interrupted you. Oh no, no, no! Don't worry. I mean, it's like for me, I feel so young. Like I'm 22, but I feel so young. I feel like I've got so much left to learn and so much to give, and it's going to be more than eight years. (laughs) You know, like my career is not going to end between 28 and 30. Like I know personally that I've got so much growth to do, and that just isn't gonna happen in that time you know i want to do more but i think that's because you're smart and you said to yourself that the focus needs to be on the process and the journey and not the destination i made everything bare about success is when i put a brit award on my mum's mantelpiece and i put a grammy next to that and then i come home with a plaque that says i sold a million and i do a big tour and i do a big this and i buy my dad that and my girl can get this nah because then what happens after yeah (laughs) so then the real lesson and the real focal point now has become okay cool if everything is transitory, and when I say transitory, I mean that everything is transitions, seasons, and stages. Nothing remains the same forever. We evolve, we grow and develop, and changes have to happen because that's just what time does. Then you can't get stuck on going, well, then I need to get into 
I don't know, let's say what's on at the what's on in the West End or was on in the West End. Six or any, any. Yeah. It, it doesn't become about you getting getting that show mm-hmm. or that part. Yeah. Makes sense? Absolutely. It really does. And that really resonates with me as well, because, you know, quite a lot of teachers will tell you, you know, time is of the essence. Go, go, go. Take anything you can get your hands on. Work as many things as you can, you know. And the the real thing that they forget to teach you is, yes, time is precious, but you've also got it. Like, you can take your time and get the to the destination whenever. It doesn't have to be at a certain age. As long as you're happy, that is literally yeah. all that matters. And that is forgotten so much when teaching. Do you know what I love in terms of what you just said there? And the reason I say that is because, first of all, in the first initial analysis, they are right. Time is of the essence. Because you can't you can't do at 60 what you can do at 20. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. But within, yeah, but within the realms of trying to have a career, our industry is one of the few industries where people think they can wake up today and be a star tomorrow. And in certain cases, you can be found and find yourself in a position you could never dream of. But then the fight becomes the maintain the maintaining of that because you're going to have to find something after your moment's done that keeps you there. And sometimes where I think some within the teaching world, sometimes they, I, I feel that they give the wrong um, impression on what needs to be done, is that sometimes they're telling you based on their experience. And teaching is not just about telling you what I went through, but empowering you to go through what you're supposed to. Because you could be actually a much deeper thinker than me than I was at 22. So you're not going to make the same dumbest decisions I did. Because I just wanted to go out and be like, oh my gosh, look what we're doing. <laughs> but you're saying, well, no, because if I'm really going to stay here, then no, that they can go out. I'm going to make sure that when I get into um, the pre, the, the, the warm up tomorrow, that my voice is perfect. I can hear every single note and I'm not in the wings waiting for my scene to come wonder if my voice is going to crack on me because I had one too many gins last night. Makes sense. Absolutely. It really does. Yeah. So um, if there was one common misconception in the industry, what would you say that is? One common misconception in the industry, what would I say that is? Relationships are everything. Everything. And some relationships are unspoken. Let me qualify that. There are people that often see you and you don't necessarily interact with them. And they are building a whole perception based on how they view you from a distance. And it's your ability to be who you are in the moment and outside the moment that will sometimes present you the greatest opportunity. I had that same situation with my MD for Craig. He had been given a piece of information. He didn't come to me with it. He waited a whole month. Then came to me and goes, I want to tell you why I don't believe this. And I was just like, 
And in all that time, when I just think we're interacting, rehearsing, diddle 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 he's gathering information, he's watching. And the foundation of my relationship was much stronger because he realised that everything he thought was proven right. So relationships is everything. Absolutely everything. And a lot of the time, the best ones are being forged in moments you're not aware of. That's amazing. That is so lovely to hear because I think so many people as performers, we kind of think this is just us on this little road and it's our journey and it's us. But there are so many relationships that we have in our lives that have been so essential to get us where we are and help keeping us growing as people and moving forward and inspiring us daily. Yeah, 100%. 100%. And also, this is the other one as well. No one expects perfection. There's, there's no such thing. It's an ideal. That, that's probably the biggest thing. In a day and age where everything is visual, do you know what I mean? We've got performers on Instagram singing this song, and I'm going to start that. And you can sometimes see that more goes into how it looks rather than how it really is and how it's presented. There is no such thing as perfect. It's just an ideal. Perfection or true perfection lies within the intention. We've all heard a bad singer, but realised the person was singing from their heart, which made us then go, don't worry about that crap note. It's cool because I felt what you're saying so much and that's why I'm crying. <laughs> and in any other circumstance, you'd just be like, this is some regular, any old Joe singing the song. Oh, that's nice. But when you feel the intention... That has a way of going past all of our senses and going deep. Yeah. So, yeah, I would say those two things. Relationships um, and knowing that you don't have to be perfect. You just have to try and be true. Absolutely. So, um, very last question. What advice would you give to any aspiring performers that are listening to this? Um you can do more for yourself than you have given yourself credit for. Um, I want to say to every performer, if you get to January the 1st, 2021, you have survived the best that the world and life and circumstance can throw at you. My God, if that ain't enough for everybody to sit there and go, I'm going to become an underwater fireman. Everything is possible after this year, Bethany. Everything. Yeah. If you manage to get through this year and get to January the 1st, 2021, I'd be like, I'm still here. Limbs are still working. I can still jeté. I can still do a scale. I can still do my and warm-ups. And I've still got half a mind that can still see the beauty in the world around me. You have one. What I will say is, use this time to hibernate. And when I say hibernate, and a lot of people get this twisted, and, and I did some research on this because I knew that we were having a conversation. I was like, I need to make sure that this, I, I get this point across properly. A lot of people think that hibernation is sleep. It's not. It's reduction. Bears, squirrels, other woodland animals in Arctic conditions, and scientists are even proving now in very hot, dry, arid conditions, 
they hibernate through the last three months, which means they don't go to sleep, but they reduce their bodily functions, their output to the minimum as to create storage to last a period that is going to work against them. So in your hibernation performance, friends, colleagues, use this storage to prepare for the most glorious spring that is going to befall us. And do not wait for someone to come and tell you, oh, it's spring now. Bring the spring out in your own world. Sean, that was, I think, what everyone needed to hear. Thank you. Oh, bless you. Um, so I would love for you to tell everyone that's listening where they can come and find you because you also give one-to-one tuition in singing yeah. and I cannot even tell people how, at home just how much that made me progress. Like not even just technically but just as a person in line with being a performer, just linking those two together because I felt like I knew who I was becoming as a person and I knew where I was trying to, knew where I was trying to get to in a place with my singing. But linking those two together always seemed to be completely separate. And in your lessons, it just kind of felt as one. So I cannot explain to people how valuable that time was. So can you tell them where to find you and what you offer in that? So for all of you lovely people that may be interested, you can find me on Instagram, um, Sean Williams World. Uh, You can also find me on YouTube. What what I'm also going to do is, um, Beth, you've been lovely enough to say that if I send you the e-flyer that obviously on the story and stuff, you'll be able to post it. Guys, my email address is there, seanwilliamsmusic at gmail.com. If you like what you see on the e-flyer, send me an email and then I can give you all information. I'm in Cambridge, um, uh, but I'm also offering, like I said, um, Zoom lessons, obviously to combat what's going on within, um, you know, what's happening on a uh, national level. So um, as much as it is about, like I said, technical ability, it's also about the person. How you feel and what you think is possible will directly affect what you try to execute. So if I can strengthen how you see you and the version of self that you project and apply, my God, there isn't anything you can do. Amazing. (laughs) And I will make sure I put in the caption of this podcast, in the show notes, I will put Sean's Instagram handle. I will put all his details there as well. And I will be sharing a post. So if you're really, really struggling to find where he is, you can head over to our Instagram at the Performer Journals and you will certainly be able to get in touch with him there. A massive, massive thank you, Sean, for giving up your time and coming to chat to us today. Absolute pleasure. Thank you. And hopefully we'll get to do it again at some point, not too far away. Definitely. Thank you so much. Thank you to everyone at home listening. Don't forget to leave us a review. That would be so appreciated. We're trying to reach as many performers for free as possible to help them get the support they need. So a massive thank you for listening. I've been your host, Bethany Unwin, and this has been Performer Talks.